0: Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy, Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever you can to support us here at the Lakers Fast Break and LakerHolics.com, it is truly appreciated. Well, there has been a ton of trades Monday. I was expecting more today. Haven't gotten a yes of yet, but I will, during the course of our program, we'll go ahead and keep my eye on Woj and Shams' Twitter just to make sure that nothing goes ahead and creeps on out there. But we're going to be talking about yesterday's flurry of action because the trade winds are blowing. And here today to talk about that with me is a good man, indeed it's our normal sparring partner that we have here at lakers fast fast break but today i think we're just going to be going ahead and just chewing the fat on all the great trades and providing insight on that he is the mastermind behind lakerholics.com you got to go ahead and check out everything that there is to do at lakerholics.com it is laker tom and laker tom good to have you aboard my friend talking nba trades
1: it's good to be here gerald uh yesterday was an exciting day uh I kept waiting for the second shoe to fall on the Lakers, but uh, it hasn't fallen yet, but I think they're dominoes to come, so it'll be interesting. Uh, you have to give a lot of credit to the Bucks for uh, realizing where they were and, and going all in on making sure that uh, hopefully that Giannis stays in Milwaukee. I haven't heard anything about uh, whether or not Giannis has really guaranteed that he would sign the Supermax deal if they went out there and made these trades that they've made, but I think whether he signs it or not, they had no choice. They really needed to, to make that move. And uh, the move for Drew Holiday is, a, is an interesting move. Um, it's kind of funny because the Lakers tried for Drew Holiday and couldn't land him. Milwaukee tried for, uh, for Dennis Schroeder and couldn't land him. And then both teams ended up with the guys that the other team couldn't land. And so now they've got a you know a starting lineup that uh, a lot of people are sort of accepting as the best in the NBA. Um I might I might contest that because for a couple of reasons one the Lakers aren't done with what they're doing. They still have dominoes to topple and I, and I think moves to make. Um and I think the Bucks have basically and the Lakers too have taken what everybody sort of expected to be a quiet uh offseason, you know, maybe that lull between last year's fantastic off-season where players were flying left and right and big names were moving around and what everybody expects to be the mega uh, off-season of next year when everybody has cap space. Um, and instead, what we found is uh, an explosion that, that the Bucks have now turned into an arms race, uh, as well as with the James Harden news that he wants out of the... Out of, uh, Houston and and turned down and turned down a contract that would have given him fifty million dollars a year, an extension. Um, so we've definitely got a, an arms race, a super team arms race in the NBA And it'll be interesting to see uh the Bucks antied up the stakes for the Lakers, and now it's the lake the ball's in the Lakers court and it's their turn to respond. Uh, and let's see what's going to happen in the next few days to to see what the Lakers can do. To turn, the, uh, to turn the tables on the Bucks and uh, and reclaim what is obviously the favorite position in the NBA championship stakes.
0: Well, we'll see what happens, and so we'll break down the trades right here for you. Um, obviously, the Bucks did make two moves that have shored up their starting lineup, so to speak, to be one of the most competitive in the NBA, and we'll talk about that here in a sec. But obviously, it was something that we covered on our championship roundtable, part four, and that was the Lakers trading Danny Green and the 2020 first round pick. Although, as I stated before, they have to go ahead and make the pick due to the Ted Stepien rule, which I think is the most overrated rule in the NBA draft because people are trading all their draft. You know, look at Houston, who's traded all the way there. You know, so many of their first round draft picks year over year, over year, over year. Anyways, so they'll actually make the pick, but they'll send that pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Dennis Schroeder. Again, I know you thought this was a great trade. I thought it was a very solid trade as well. I th- I'm looking forward to seeing what Dennis Schroeder, who can either play off the ball, on the ball, uh, you know, obviously very capable of guarding some of the best point guards in the NBA. Plus, he can come off the bench or start for you. I know you've spoken about him starting. I think it's all uh, up, to, up in the air based on what a- Avery Bradley is going to do. But, again, your thoughts real quickly on the trade for Dennis Schroder of the Oklahoma City Thunder.
1: Well, you know, I, th- I think in retrospect, a couple of things sort of jump out at me. Is uh, uh, First, when you made your comment about the Septian rule, and what's interesting is that uh, we are going to have a new negotiation for the CVA. <laughs> and there's a lot of teams in the competitive positions now that, that like the Lakers, that don't have any more draft picks um you kind of wonder whether or not uh, some of the some of the teams might feel that it's time to get rid of that rule
0: uh, it's, uh, it's it's, it's I mean, not even a rule this, anyways it's not even a rule anyways i mean because yeah. you can literally just go ahead and draft and five seconds later trade true but you, yeah. gotta, you have to wait for
1: the draft and and you can't you can't send those future picks out there
0: it's a formality the other
1: side of it is, the other side of it is imagine what the league might be like today <laughs> the trades that went down if there wasn't any septian rule.
0: There could I mean, be a lot more announced on Wednesday that
1: are already formalized. Yeah, I mean in a, in a way I guess what I'm saying in a way is the players could argue very strongly that that rule is restricting movement of players and some teams a lot of teams now are all of a sudden finding themselves in a situation where you know it's it's hard to make moves. Well, I mean, it's just an interesting little off that I want
0: offside subject that I wanted to throw out there and see well, what you thought. Well, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. There is really no step in rule. You can just basically throw that in the trash because you're, and in fact, with Shams and Woj reporting everything out there, it's hard to keep these trades secret. So if there's something solid that's already materialized, and again, this is just formality, like you're doing, you know, like we already know with the Lakers, they're trading and they're instantly giving away there is really no step in rule it's just a formality i mean again, look at Houston who has not had a first round pick in years uh, it's It's just and a we, joke uh, at this point they just make the they make the selection. I'd, love to
1: have our, I'd love to be able to trade our twenty three and twenty five picks <laughs>
0: well I, they will uh, they i mean well they can't do it now, but they can do it in twenty three and, we can't and 25. Trade the 26
1: because we've already traded the twenty five see yeah so it's it's but it's they kind of a, it, the rule is is clogging up what I think is uh, a desire of the players, especially and the teams, to open it wide and let's let's make more trades. They just can't. Um, they, in, they they can't they can't do in it now. Especially the climate that we're in now.
0: Well, they just can't do it now. They can do it in 2023 yeah. and 2025. They can instantly trade that draft pick. But you're right in the sense that it's not a hundred percent. You know, you get off the, the deal right. You imagine
1: can't... imagine how much more how much more. Flexibility the Lakers would have right now if they had one more draft future draft pick that they could trade. Oh, there you go. Absolutely, right now you know it could, it could be a major difference now. And instead, what's what's turned out is is that it's now all of a sudden a sign and trade for KCP has become a major trading chip for the Lakers.
0: Well, and again,
1: that's, that's his future.
0: That's a rumor, too. Uh, we're seeing how well that's going to play out because he does want to get paid and will get paid a lot of money here in just yep. a short period of time. He did opt out. And that's basically what we're seeing today as of this point in time is either the heavy rumors about James Harden and the Nets or who is opting in and who is opting out of their contracts. So I'm not seeing any action today per se. But yesterday, again, there was a flurry of action, and it started off, with the Phoenix Suns acquiring Chris Paul from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Again, a very busy team who have like 500 draft picks now. But they wanted to get off that Chris Paul contract because they, they know they're in a rebuilding stage. Uh, they actually went ahead and got Kelly Oubre. They got Rubio, uh, Ty Jerome, and uh, other picks, uh, other players as well. So basically, they are, at this point in time, giving the Suns a chance to go ahead and compete. I'm not sure if I'm sold on them being a middle of the uh, pack as far as fourth or fifth, but I see them a lot now being a very solid seventh or eighth team in a Western Conference.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Um, you know, it's kind of a, it shows you the different mentality between franchises. The Lakers play for championships and the Suns, unfortunately, are playing to try to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, they 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 when you look at it that way and you say a seventh or eighth, they'd be happy to do that and they're willing to pay take Chris Paul, compromise by sending out some young talent that they have. I mean, frankly, personally, I would have I would have said go after Fred Van Fleet or you know, and make a move like that for a point guard where you really maybe you won't make it in the next two years, but three or four years from now, you're going to be in a much better situation. Yeah. Um, But, but the other side of it too, is it's tough when you're a small market team and you look at the competition that you face in the West, Mm -hmm. you've got the Lakers and you've got the Clippers and you got the, the nuggets coming up. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to get into that top four on the Western conference. And, and so, you, you know, I guess it's baby steps one at a time. They really feel that Chris Paul's got it. a lot left in the tank. Um, I think he'll be great. I, I think he'll be a great mentor for Booker, uh, who's a rising young star who has great potential. Um, and, you know, and the West is going to be vicious. I mean, the Suns are not going to be an easy out. Um, they've got some talent, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, after years of failure, after the, the loss of D'Antoni and, and that whole era of Steve Nash disappeared, uh, the Suns may be back in the, in the game. And, uh, you know, and it'll be interesting to see um, going down to Phoenix and play. You know, they're talking about playing these major league MLB type series and, and having actually people in the same division may play each other six times so that they can go in and have a three games away and a three games home series. Um, and, uh, I really like that idea of, of going in and playing a team three times in almost like a mini playoff, like a three game playoff in the middle of the season, just to see who comes out ahead. And, and that third, that rubber game could be really interesting in a lot of these series. Uh, but but I like the, oh. trade. I like the trade that th- I, I like the trade that Phoenix made. I think they could have made a better trade by going after Fred Van Fleet, but, uh, at least they're out there to win. And, uh, you know, and, uh, considering how well they did in the bubble. Uh, although you have to discount that to a certain extent, because it's not the same thing playing in a bubble versus playing with a whole bunch of fans. And, and a lot of players, you know, won't do as well when they're taken out of the bubble.
0: Well, it could be vice versa though. It is simple. Yep. We've seen that as well. So I'm not trying to discount anything that the Lakers did and accomplish in accomplishing the bubble. So You know,
1: no, I, 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 I'm not either, but by the same token, if you, Listen to all of the announcers, all of the analysts and pundits talking about the Eastern Conference. It's amazing how nobody has even got the the Miami Heat in the top four in that conference at this point in time. Um, You know, so it just depends on the team and and what the circumstances are. You know, the Clippers and the Bucks both folded. Um, The Lakers punched through in, in great style. Uh, And teams like Miami came up, so it'll be, you know, in this coming season with maybe only five or six teams having fans in the arena, the coming season is going to be another one of those abnormal situations, you know, whether whether you want to call it a gold star season because it's more difficult or an asterisk season because you got certain advantages. um, It's not going to be the old normal. You know, you're not going to see, you're not going to see Staples Center filled with fans, you know. Um, I'm hoping with the with the new vaccines and so forth that maybe by the time we get to June, um, we might have fans in the finals and be playing on the floors and staples. You know, um, that would be something wonderful to see. It would be a sign that, that we've that we've turned the corner on this virus and and are starting to get back to see seeing what the new normal is really going to look like.
0: Well, the Suns uh, did make the effort to go ahead and get Chris Paul. It does send a message to the league that they are trying to go ahead and compete this season for a playoff spot. Plus, for Chris Paul, it's going to be an opportunity to showcase his wares as another mentor to Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden. Uh They've got a decent lineup there, so I see good things in the future going forward for the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, if Chris Paul has his golf game ready, you know, it's a great place to go ahead and <laughs> go and stretch out your golf game right there in Phoenix. Coming up next is the Trailblazers, which acquired Robert Covington. That to me was a kind of surprise. Of all these trades that we saw yesterday, I think this was the most surprising and also a message again to the NBA that the ship in Houston is starting to sink and go into rebuilding land. Uh, Basically, they traded Robert Covington from the Rockets to the Portland Trailblazers for Trevor Reza and not one, but two first-round picks. I think they... One uh, unprotected, too, isn't it? Yeah, one unprotected, and Portland, I think, overpaid on this. Uh, I, I Robert Covington's a nice player, but he's not the game-changer, that two first-round picks. And uh, a nice uh, expiring contract in Trevor Risa, which I believe he is, uh, is going to, going to make up, but you know what? That's what they wanted to do, uh, and... It looks like uh, that they're going to go ahead and have a nice little piece there. They've had issues with the front court for some time now due to either injury or just not having the, the right spots in place. I know they were happy with Carmelo, but not extremely happy with Carmelo. Uh, they've got Gary Trent Jr., who has been, all, uh, to me, a a great developing young talent there, but... I don't know what his status will be as far as him staying in the starting lineup or anything of that nature going forward. It's kind of weird how they also have Collins there. It's going to be kind of an interesting mix there. I don't know if it really changes the needle from what they were going to head and going to be. I think they're going to be in the mix for a playoff spot, but it's going to be very difficult to determine how Covington fits in defensively. I think he's going to be a pretty good for them fit, a pretty good fit for them, but that's a lot to give up for, uh, basically a complimentary player, and we'll we'll actually touch on this subject again in our next trade as well. You know, I.
1: It almost seems to me like what they're trying to do is just to make sure that that Dame sees that they're trying, mm-hmm. um, because all of a sudden now, it's almost become. I know he's got this old school mentality that, you know, I was drafted by Portland. I love Portland. I'm going to stick with the team. We're going to find a way to win it. And and they're resistant on even talking about moving CJ, you know. Um, And the reality is, is that they've got a limit. You know, they they aren't as good a team as they were a couple of years ago when they had a couple of good wing defenders uh, whom they let go because it lost in free agency and so forth. So now to turn around and have to spend that money on Covington in order to get somebody who can guard those big wings, uh, which is what every team is looking for, including the Lakers, you know, uh, Covington would have been a great find for the Lakers. But obviously, when you you look at what they paid for him, you know, it's <laughs> it's easy to see why all of the all of the musing of Laker fans of how easily they could, could land Covington were, were obviously pipe dreams.
0: And, and um, you mentioned something here earlier before we went on the air in regards to this trade, and I know we talked about it, as far as the two first-round picks helping fill up the cupboards that were really bare after Darryl Morey left as far as first-round picks are concerned. Yep. Those two first-round picks are very important for Houston as it could be some type of, let's say, icing on the cake for anyone who wants to take the very nasty contract for either – well, at this point in time, James Harden, but we'll talk about his rumors with, with the Nets here coming up. But that's not as nasty because he did turn down a $50 million a year's extension. Right. But the real nasty one is obviously Russell Westbrook's contract and take, uh, taking on his contract. So as a sweetener, Houston now has those two first-round picks to go right. ahead and dangle out there for anyone interested in taking on Russell Westbrook's massive contract.
1: Well, you know, as we, as we discussed before the, before we went on the air, the, it's almost like there's no, it's almost like sweeteners have disappeared from the face of the earth because, you know, I know you had mused that Chris Paul would probably need to have some sweeteners in order to get somebody to take that contract and Phoenix, the small market team here, pops up, not only do they not need a sweetener, they'll give you a first round pick in order to get him. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Westbrook, he's a name, you know, there are teams like the Knicks basically that need somebody to draw people into the garden and Kevin Knox is not it. So, you know, I, I think that there's, I I don't even think they're going to need a sweetener for, for him and, and the Rockets definitely need to draft some people, you know, I mean, and you already see, now.
0: well now, but let me just say
1: this. You Pelicans are trying to move up in the draft with using these multiple picks that they land. I expect that uh, Oklahoma City will be looking to do the same thing uh, aggregate picks in order to move up to get impact young players.
0: Well, you don't need to fill up the garden right now because the garden ain't filling up because of coronavirus. So, the first right, year, the first true. season, you don't really need to go, ha- go ahead and bank on that. You know, if you're going to trade for somebody and, and that you might think might be a good ticket seller. Trade, do what you can to trade up for LaMelo Ball, because that's a name that would excite New York right now. That's a young talent mm-hmm. that could prove out to be someone that is going to be either very, very good or maybe not. You know, at this point in time, people just aren't sure with anyone in this upcoming draft. But I would and, go ahead well, and no, go for
1: has got that Ball name, though, that, and he's got his same dad as
0: yeah, this is Lonzo. That's the problem that everybody sees. Uh, the dad has not been as as vocal in recent years. No, and, and, and I think he learned a little, bit of, he learn
1: a little bit of lesson with Lonzo. But you know, in a lot of ways, though, Mello Mello has a Mello is maybe got the biggest upside I see. And you know, I haven't followed the draft anywhere near as closely as as you and Raphael have. But but I followed Mello because I I, I, I like I've always. I've always thought that I've always been a fan of Lamar's just simply because I'm a fan of the underdog. Yeah. And uh, he brings some kids who maybe are different. They play different and he has a different style. But the one thing I think that always irritates me is people insinuating that he hasn't been a good father and that he hasn't really developed, he hasn't really developed character in his kids. And yet I don't see that. I never They never been in trouble. They've always been upstanding kids. Uh, uh, he seems like a good family man. He may be, uh, he may be a little erratic in his business and his promoting of his son and trying to share the limelight as a father of a superstar, um, and that that's hurt his kids in 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 a lot of ways. And I think it's hurt Mello, but uh, I think Labar loves his kids, and and I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with him that a lot of people do. Um, I think Melo may be even more talented than Lonzo was. But he's got holes in his game just like Lonzo does. And, and most of the players at the top of this draft have, have those holes of some sort uh, that makes it a, a tough draft. To, it's a tough draft to have the number one pick.
0: This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers' fast break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where... promoted and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture Cosmo show and the PCC multiverse every week on Apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options we had a, a viewer come in and ask a question uh, Marinovich Dehan actually dropped a comment here he was thinking Zach Levine to the Lakers or DeRozan DeMar DeRozan I know you had touched on articles Mm -hmm. with DeMar DeRozan. And for me, it's something where, not the contract aside, because he's probably going to opt into his, his, what, final year of his, what? He did already. Yeah, he He did did already. already. High 20s. Oh, that's right, because he tweeted, tweeted, he's back, San Antonio, he's back. That's right. Uh, Yeah, in the high 20s. But it's not the contract that's the issue for me. It's the fact that he's just not a very efficient player as far as from the outside as far as the three-pointer. He's not a three-point threat, which is going to be an right. issue. Uh, he, he shoots a lot of mid-range numbers. High usage, high volume. It's going to have to be someone that's going to come off the bench for you. I'm not sure he's going to be able to accept that role 100%, but on the Lakers, that's going to have to be a reality. I would take Zach Levine, a little bit younger, a little bit more athletic. May, even though he hasn't proved it, could be better on the defensive end with a little bit better mindset. And when you come on the Lakers these days, you have to have a more defensive mindset. He can also high volume, high usage shooter, a little bit better from the outside. I would say uh, it's a good question, by the way, DeHaan. I would probably say of either, it was going to be for me, Zach Levine. I want to hear your thoughts, Laker Tom. And again, thank you so much for the comment and question on that.
1: Well, you know, I've always been against uh, guys that can't shoot the three. Um, and more, more importantly, the problem is is that in the case of DeMar, he's not a good defender either. Yeah, absolutely. So he's, like a, he's like a no three and no D yeah. guy. Um, but I did, I did write an article that basically said, okay, I can understand where the Lakers are coming from. He's on an expiring contract. He definitely can get points, but if you were to bring him in, you definitely have to have a stretch five center. You have to have, you know, somebody like,
0: uh, Sir like
1: Aaron Baines or something like that who's a prolific outside shooter who's going to draw that guy out of there because otherwise you're just going to clog things up for for LeBron and, and A.D. Um, and, I, and I still, you know, you still hear rumblings that there's a possibility the Lakers might be interested in. As for Zach Levine, uh, I'd love Levine. He's not a great defender either, but he's got athletic talent that, in the right scheme of things and, and with a, a peer pressure of a of LeBron, a LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know, he, he could fit great with the Lakers. I just don't think we have the, the trading chips to get him. Um, the guy I think we might be able to get is, is the gamble is Victor Oladipo. I, 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 very much like the idea of a sign and trade of KCP and Kyle Kuzma for a, for Victor Uh, There was a big article the other day that Victor's trade value has just plummeted uh, because everybody is just worried about his attitude and, and the injury, that quad injury. Um, But he's a guy who was a all defensive and all NBA player two years ago. And if he can come back from the injury, uh, he's the perfect fit for the Lakers because he's a, he's a guy who's an excellent three point shooter, a good distributor. And, an offensive talent that, that is exactly what you need to go with LeBron and AD and also is the right age to become that superstar that continues along when LeBron retires. Um, I think it's he's at the top of my list of the moves that I would look to make and the gamble I'd look to make. Obviously, you want to have your medical staff talk to their doctors and make sure that there really is nothing long term that should prevent uh, Victor from returning to be the same player he used to be. Um, but there are a lot of options. I mean, the Lakers basically are set at the one, the three, and the four. They need a two and a five. And that's and something. That,
0: well, that's something that's I want to ask you. Well, that's another question. Uh, and thank you so much, uh, CYMTV. Subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much for doing so. My holy king uh, has a question for you, or actually, a comment per se. Lakers need to get Nerlens Noel. I would have thought if they were after him, they would have gotten him in that trade that we already see with Oklahoma city, that's going to be involving Dennis Schroeder. I'm not sure they're going to deal with the same team twice within a spirit fear, you know, with a short period of time. Uh, Although they did try to, you know, go ahead after the new Orleans Pelicans, Mm -hmm. you know, for drew holiday. So that's something there. I'm not in love with him. It sounds like as you are my Holy King. Uh, I mean, he is the famous individual that turned down a massive extension contract. Uh, and also the man that also got caught eating hot dogs uh, in the middle of a game. Um, I'm not in love. I know he had a had a pretty decent year as a backup in Oklahoma City. I have a feeling that the Lakers might actually go towards Serge Ibaka uh, just because of the fact that he can fill it up from the outside and also provide some shot blocking. Although, again, when it comes to Serge Ibaka, he is getting up there in years himself, so he's lost some athleticism, but he did have a pretty – he, he had actually, for him, a, one of his best years year, right? yeah, That's in Toronto. And also DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, I think they have that under-the-radar signing. Okay, you know, we had to let you go because of your injury, but we're going to bring you back on uh, for next season. I have a feeling there might be something there to it. There, there's a little bit of smoke there. I wouldn't be against it, uh, my Holy King, uh, New Orleans Noel, because he can't block shots and rim run, and I think that's something that we obviously, during the course of the, the regular season, had in JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee most likely will opt in. Whether or not the Lakers can go ahead and trade JaVale McGee is another situation. Because if you have JaVale McGee, you don't need a New Orleans Noel per se. But if you do trade uh, uh, JaVale McGee after he opts into his contract, which he most likely will, then maybe a New Orleans Noel, as far as a shot blocker concerned, wouldn't be such a bad idea. I don't think it would be. He fits a nice need. Uh, I think that would be actually pretty good. I just don't see them dealing with Oklahoma City so quickly in a, such a short span of time.
1: Um, I think there's a good opportunity to expand that trade because it first off won't get finalized until the draft. Yeah. Um, And secondly, the money right now is equal so that we could add three or $4 million uh, of incoming salary. um, Or we could dump three or $4 million. Speaking of, speaking of uh, JaVale McGee. Yeah. uh, We could dump three or $4 million. Uh, Here's the center situation is interesting because I think one of the big challenges one of the things that Frank Bogle learned during the playoffs was the value that he had when he was able to play a stretch five center. And that was when we were having uh, Anthony Davis play the five and Marquise Morris play the four. Um, and even though sometimes you'd see Morris guarding the big center on the other team and, and you know, and banging around on, underneath. And, and uh, Morris, Morris is a real important clog for us to get back. But I think, I think the next move that the Lakers need to make in the evolution of the team and the evolution of Frank Bogle as a head coach is to make sure that we have a modern three-point shooting center. Um, and I think that the logical choice is Abaka because he's 7'1", 250 pounds. He can bang underneath. He shot 39% from deep. Um, he had one of his best years. Uh, he only played like 25 minutes a game. But on the Lakers, because AD is going to play center for a good portion of the time, you really, you really don't need to have two. You don't need to have a full-time five out there. So I think that the logical move, if we can pull it off, and and depending on who else is going after Ibaka, is Ibaka and Cousins as the modern version of of uh, Howard and uh, McGee. Um, now, as to it's kind of interesting because. Through the years, if you followed me uh, on Twitter or at uh people will find that there have been two centers that I've always liked and wanted to have on the Lakers, um, Willie Cauley-Stein and Nerns Noel.
0: I, I really liked Willie Cauley-Stein when he was drafted coming out of Kentucky, and I followed him for yeah. a while, but uh, kind of just went off so, the radar. You know,
1: I would be disappointed if we went in that direction at this point in time in the evolution of the team. And the way that the, especially when we're going to be playing the Bucs, who've got a guy that's going to be raining threes from outside and Lopez at the five, I think we need to do that same thing. I think that there's too many games that guys like McGee and Howard and Willie Colley Stein and Nerwins Noel become unplayable in yeah.
0: today's NBA. Well, we saw that. We saw, that especially we saw, it, we saw it in the finals, and yeah. we saw it all through the playoffs. And Noel fits right in there as far as with with the same thing that JaVale would yeah. be. Um, let's say, and like I said, my holy king, that's actually a pretty good suggestion for the regular season. It's during the right. playoffs when you see either he gets played off the floor because uh, he would get too small, or you have the fact that, let's say you have like Jokic, jokic abused mcgee just power just power upon power backed him in on those about three or four times right in the first quarter i see noel having that same type of lack of success because they just don't have the strength to go ahead that's when you had to bring uh dwight howard in there that's where dwight howard really found his niche and found his importance in the playoffs was against jokic and to really frustrate him on those occasions plus uh, Dwight Howard played uh, that t- same type of physicality in the Houston series in bits. Yep. But I, I'm saying right now that it's going to be tough to get the uh, Noel. I, I just think that unless they expand the deal that they currently have, I just don't see them going after Noel. But I won't say he's a bad player for it because especially during the regular season, he would fit like that JaVale McGee fit last year did. But I just say in the playoffs, that would be a hard thing to do.
1: There, there's one thing, though. There's one thing, though, that I think that's an important part and and, and why I don't think it's such a crazy idea to think about Noel or Willie Cauley-Stein being a center on the Lakers. And that is there's another aspect of the modern center that's getting ignored in a lot of areas. And that's the ability not only to shoot from distance, but to defend on the perimeter. And the two things that, that, and that's one of the things that both Noel and Willie Cauley-Stein can do is they have the quickness and the athleticism that they can, they can play like Anthony Davis does. They can play defense on all five positions. And like we've said many times on this show, um, who you can defend is the position you can play. If you can defend the five, you can play the five. And Frank Vogel believes in rim protection. And if he has a center, and this is one thing that Dwight can do a little bit of, JaVale cannot do at all, which is defend on the perimeter if you've got a three-point shooting center. So I think that there's the if we can't get if we can't get Baines and we can't get Ibaka, then the next best thing before we go to a guy like McGee or Howard again is to go to somebody like Collee Stein or like Norman Snowell because they can at least they may not they may not be able to draw people out on the exterior with their three-point gravity, but they can cover They'll stretch fives that are gonna be out there on the perimeter and they can defend them all the way down to the rim. Well, we got so another well, we comment.
0: They're, they're more of a modern center than Howard and McGee are. Well, let me tell you this one, uh, some expectations media company. And first of all, thank you so much for everyone who is watching and listening right now. We truly appreciate it. PJ Tucker, that's on the other end of the spectrum. He wants a new contract. He's not exactly mm-hmm. thrilled to be in Houston right now. Houston is starting what we could be seeing as a big-time fire sale because it's already started to come out with the trade of Covington. They could be selling off a lot of their assets uh, and trading a lot of their assets. And P.J. Tucker is extremely unhappy with his contract. The man is in his mid-30s. He's played a absolute ton of minutes, and he's got a lot of mileage within the past few years but I think he can still contribute greatly to a team. What about PJ Tucker as your number, as your five?
1: Um, you know, I, I played around a little bit with that in my mind because obviously I thought the same thing, you know, with- Corner three, be corner three. Team, listen, what is Kuzma valuable as a trading chip? He's valuable as a trading chip to a rebuilding team that wants to get rid of a veteran on a big salary or who wants a bigger role. Um, so I, I think there's something to that. Um, I don't know whether or not the priority is the problem the problem is is that there still are teams where he's not going to be he's nothing more than a backup center for the lakers in that situation um he's only got a salary of like seven eight million so he's somebody that could be available through the mle and so forth i just think the lakers bigger priorities are to solve the center position and solve the shooting guard position.
0: Well, he he would. Do you, you don't think he would be solving the, the five position? I mean, again, corner not three. As a starter,
1: not as a starter, Gerald. That's my big problem. I'd, I'd love him. I think he'd be terrific as a as a second. You know, for example, let's, let's say that the Lakers – here's a fallback position for the Lakers. If they can't solve any of these other problems, if they can't find a better shooting guard, if they can't find a – if they can't sign a Baca or Baines – their fallback position is, and it's not a bad position. It's Contavius Caldwell Pope as a starting shooting guard, who's a damn good player. He's a guy who uh, who can defend and he can hit threes, and he's 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 27 years old, right in the heart of where you want him for AD, um, and he's deservedly gotten a lot of action. So if we end up having to stick with him, I think that's fine. You know, I'm I'm not going to be. I would still maybe argue that we have a much better starting lineup with KCP there uh, than the Bucks. the Bucks do when you count the fact that we've got the number one and two players in the league who are both better than their number one and two players. The other thing is DeMarcus Cousins. How close is Cousins back to being ready to play and how good could he be? Um, if he can really, you know, before he got injured, He was on pace to be the first center to shoot 500 threes in a season. I mean, 500 threes from this guy. And he was on the next year. Brooke Lopez broke that record. So the fallback position for the Lakers to me is that if, if they really feel that cousins can be the starter then, and, and the KCP is worth the money. He's a clutch client. He's a brother to AD and LeBron. And you don't want to give stuff away like that. He's a, he's an awfully good player. He's underrated. Still Uh, may not be underpaid probably after this year, but he's definitely underrated as a player. He's the third best player on the team. So the Lakers are in a good position there. Uh, PJ, I I love PJ. He's, he's tough and, and uh, he'll give a lot of people trouble. And, and the other thing is that there is a, there is something to him playing the five because he can take the banging. He's proven even though he's only 6'7, he's still 250 pounds. He can take the banging down low, and that leaves AD free to float as, as sort of the free safety shot blocker, help shot blocker on the Lakers.
0: Well, he'll have to improve on that. His already good numbers of shot blocking, because you know the Lakers, you know, they were known for being one of the top shot blocking teams in the league. And if you do get PJ Tucker, who again, like you said, as a low post defender is incredible. And the expectations media company, you, you're a great call. He's not on that. bad
1: sitting in the corner and shooting 45 percent either.
0: Exactly, exactly. But yeah. the thing is, you're you, you. One of the keys to the Lakers' success was their shot blocking ability, and you lose a little bit of that with PJ Tucker. But you get a low post defender, like you said, that will free up Anthony Davis. The thing is, though, expectation media company, he makes around seven to $8 million. He wants a big raise because he thinks right. he's a more integral part. And depending on how much time, you know, he's not going to be playing 35 minutes a game on the Lakers. He might be playing 25, uh, maybe 30 at the tops, but he's not going to get the huge amount of minutes that he once did at Houston because they would want to save him for the playoffs but i will but you say, could make
1: a straight up trade with him the numbers are right so that you can make a straight up yeah. trade with him and, and but he wants
0: money. a raise too so that's another yeah. thing you want to uh, consider do you want to pay over 10 million for, It's also an, for, an
1: expiring contract which yeah. may which may become less important now that Giannis is possibly yeah. staying with the bucks
0: possibly possibly but you know expectation media company i appreciate you throwing out that there PJ, I wouldn't be sad with PJ yeah, Tucker would no, here. Good suggestion. PJ, yeah, I just would worry because, like I said, he's got a lot of mileage, though. That's the only thing I worry mm-hmm. about. He's already, what, 36, 35, right. 36 in that range. I'm just worried about that. But again, if he gives you one great year like he did last year, and you, like you said, 40% plus from the three point area from that corner, I am in the corner. Pass to me. That would be awesome for the Lakers to go ahead and get. I, I would see it as an entry a nice fit. I would see it as a nice fit as long as they can go ahead and get someone like a Nabaca or maybe even Cousins to go ahead and stretch the four even more, but give you a little bit more size as right. a as a type of uh uh you know, type of switch type deal as well. But PJ Tucker coming to the Lakers wouldn't be a bad deal. Neither would New Orleans a well. There's a lot of great options for the team. We'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com But before we head on out, my friend, we do want to talk the Milwaukee Bucks because they did make a couple trades, like you said, you know, with trying to appease Giannis and hoping he'll stay and you know, even if he signs the massive contract, you know, that's not a deal breaker for if he wants to go ahead and become, if they don't perform at the level they need to, he could become miserable the next year. So,
1: he will do the Paul George clause, yeah, which so, is, I'll sign, I'll sign this super max deal, but you've got to promise me if I want to go in a year that you won't resist, and you'll try to make a trade.
0: Yeah, exactly. So be that as it may, the bucks did make two great uh, acquisitions yesterday. One I'm kind of a little bit eh, on the fence on, and one uh, I'm kind of really high on, and that's the first one I'm going to go ahead with the one I'm really high on, and that's the Bucks acquiring Bogdan Bogdanovich from Sacramento for Dante DiVincenzo, Ersan Ilyasova, and uh, DJ Wilson. I know that's a lot of talent to give up for the Kings, but I don't think it's uh, to the level that Bogdan is, so I think that's a really good move for the Milwaukee Bucks. so I think they won that one. Unless Dante DiVincenzo becomes a star, that we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, I, I I like Bogdan a lot. I think he's going to be a great fit in Milwaukee. I think that was a smart move by them. The other move, though, and they had to overpay, and that's the thing they really had to overpay on it is that they acquired Drew Holiday. AD money.
1: They paid AD money.
0: Yes, they paid an AD trade for for Drew Holiday uh, from the New Orleans Pelicans for uh, for Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe. Uh, George Hill and three first round picks and two first round draft swaps that are coming at some point in time in the future as well. So uh, basically essentially five first round draft picks, like you said, uh, a D type trade for a guy who's made the all-star team once, who is a very versatile guard and obviously would have been a great fit on the Lakers. And I know the Lakers were yeah. after him as well. So uh, a very solid player, very, very solid player. I know he is a good defender, uh, can do a lot of things, and also basically give you a lot on the offensive end too. He is a very good player in this league, and he could be somebody that could help the Bucks get over the top. Just how good a trade. I know they had to overpay because you're in the market. He was, very, he was the most wanted individual on the open market right now, but your thoughts on the Bucs acquiring Bogdan Bogdanovich and Drew Holiday. And I do see your comments, guys, that'll come up next.
1: You know, I, I guess I kinda have the flip flop feeling about it. Um, I think the big trade that was really important and important to Giannis is Drew Holiday because he's a real two-way player. Um and he's going to, you know, he's they gave up, you know, when you think about when you watch the Bucks play and, and other than then than Giannis and, and uh uh Who's the other uh, the the small forward? Uh,
0: oh, Middleton, Chris Middleton. Middleton, yeah.
1: But when you set Giannis and Middleton aside, and you look at the other players that contributed to that Bucks' best record in the NBA, it was those guys that they traded. It was that that that. I mean, Bledsoe did have a bad playoffs, but but he you know he was he he and he and George uh, were George Hill, great. The, George, Hill George Hill led George Hill led the league in provided, three point, provided good leadership at the point guard. And then the guys who came, the guys who shone off of the bench, you know, DiVincenzo was terrific. DJ Wilson, that looks like he has great potential talent. Um, and I, you know, I don't see Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is an upgrade over any of those three players, but they're, they're going into the league with five players and, and they're going to have seven or eight minimum salary players on that team. They are actually replicating the Lakers' whole game plan for next year to sign a third superstar and you have three superstars and nobody else left over. Um, and I happen to think that you're ignoring the value that a bench gives you. Yeah. Um, and if if I grab something that you talked about on, on the last podcast that we had, Gerald, how much more important is a bench going to be this year with coronavirus going around and, well, we and, talked about and it. lots back-to-backs and so forth. Um and it's why it's why for example i think one of the things that came out of this first day of trades and everything that happened was what a great deal the lakers got by just giving up one player one player for a better for a point for the third scorer the team needed the second playmaker they needed another young guy that's a perfect fit for 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 playing along with anthony davis and all they had to give up was a over the hill danny green basically uh, and the first-round pick, Danny. we talked about how all of the little things he does show up in the net ratings and 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 the deep and the uh, the plus-minus rankings that he gets. He's always in the top two or three on the team, and it's not a coincidence that he's been the starting shooting guard on three championship teams on three different championship teams. But the truth of the matter is, the Lakers got the best deal of any of these trades that went on. They got the most for their money. On it. And now it's just up to what they can do, what Rob Polinka can do to follow up, because we do need to solve the shooting guard and center position challenges. And if we can do that successfully, then we'll be in just as strong a position as we were this year to win the championship again.
0: I agree right now with a lot of pundits that the starting lineup for the Bucs is at the moment the best right now in the NBA, whether that takes them f- far into the playoffs. We don't have a center, our starting center
1: at this point in
0: time yeah so we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here in a second but i want to go ahead and and hit a couple of comments for you because we've got a little bit of feedback uh, on your end like tom georgie Maine. uh first off and i will get to yours in a second Dehan. Uh, he thought that or he's hoping that it might turn into a three-way trade for the phoenix oklahoma city deal with chris paul and somehow Kelly Oubre Jr. getting to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now I would not be opposed to that. I've always liked and appreciated Kelly Oubre, uh, especially as a defender and and can hit the open three for you. I'm not sure if that's going to work out. If that's the case, because I think they're going to go ahead and and keep him there in Oklahoma City. Uh, I just don't think that, or at least they're going to go ahead and wait until that he. Probably about half season's uh maybe go ahead and write around the trade deadline and say, you know what, okay, Oubre is really prospering for us, but he is still a very good young talent and it could be a cornerstone for them going forward.
1: You know, I like him and, and 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 I actually proposed a trade on Twitter that, you know, got quite a bit of good response. Um, because the numbers, because the existing trade is a fifteen million against fifteen million yeah. deal and you still get 125% of that in in salary you can take back. Uh, you could take the 10.75 that is the 10.75 million that's represented by Kyle Kuzma, uh, Quinn Cook and JaVale McGee and you can add that to the deal and and take the I think it's 15 million or maybe it's 17 million that Obrey's yeah. making. You could take that back and it still works out in the trade it's it's a value, it's a legal trade. Yeah. Um but what you're really doing in that situation, which doesn't make sense. And, and I did hear one tweet from somebody, uh fairly, you know, a fairly reliable source that said basically that they don't like Oubre. Um, But you're talking really about adding the trade of being a, an Oubre for, for Kuzma trade and ubre has got much better stats and, and yeah. activity think- than Kuzma does. So I, I don't see that being a viable path. And then secondly, I think the Lakers the Lakers that 10.75 million that the Lakers have means that they can bring back a player making 13 million. Um that's the most they can bring back with with Kuzma, uh, Kuzma Cook and uh, McGee. So there's a lot of players out there that could be good targets for that, you know, one of, one of them would be the Pelicans JJ Redick who makes 12 million. Yeah. That would be a sweet deal for the Lakers. Um and we know the Pelicans have always liked Kuzma. He could re- reunite reunite him with all of the baby Lakers, and uh, you know they could they could have a good time again. I would um, I would um, I would or, love or, hold or, on
0: hold on get, add this uh, on to it. I, get JJ Redick and George Hill, bring them over to the Lakers.
1: Uh, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. The problem is is that George. I don't remember what George Hill's making, but yeah. that that that's what's going to throw the numbers off. That see would, that would. So the next step for the Lakers, if they can't make that deal with the Kuzma. McGee-Cook package, which is the only other package they have unless Avery Bradley decides to not to exercise his player option. So then the, then the only other way that you can enhance that deal, uh, and, and you're really going after players that you probably don't want to give up, players like, Kuz- players like uh, THT and Caruso. You want to hang on to those guys because they're valuable bench players. So the next step is a sign and trade for KCP. Say KCP gets an offer from somebody for 15 million a year, 45 million, three year 45 million, or a three year, you know, 18 million, $54 million contract. Um, and it's very possible that he might get an offer like that from Atlanta. So, you know, then you could turn around and say, okay, well, what if we include, include KCP in that package? And all of a sudden you're up to, you're, you can go after a player making 27 million. You could go after DeRozan if you wanted to. Um, and it may not be out of the question. Let's say if they if they got a deal where where Baines was willing to accept the full nine point three million MLE, and you got a three point shooting center, and then you make this deal, and you and you bring in you bring in DeRozan, who who could kill with a with a center like Baines out there, and and who shoots you know eight or nine threes a game. Uh, so you've got they have to, they not only have to cover him, they have to help. They can't help off him at all. Um, So all of a sudden the, the, the lanes are opening up. So, so there's a lot of path you can go after guys like, you know, once you start talking about KCP, even at a $15 million a year, uh, sign and trade deal, you're, you're all of a sudden in the the range of talking about Miles Turner again, talking about uh, uh, Victor Oladipo, you know, uh, talking, talking about it if you wanted to, even with with Zach Levine, you know, There's a range of players that you can can bring in uh, as a whole new world. So there's a lot of opportunities. And and even though the Lakers may seem on the surface to be scarce of trading chips, um, there's a lot of value to be had in KCP and and a sign and trade and in Kuzma. Uh, And if you had to for the right player, for the right player, you know, you still could talk about THT and Caruso being in there because I think right now, we're, we're really in an arms race with Milwaukee and probably with Brooklyn, um, and maybe with the Golden State Warriors because they've got that number two pick in the draft and a big seventeen million dollar trade exception, yep. and uh, and uh, a pretty good player that. Uh, and they've Levin. been very
0: quiet. They've been very, they've been quiet. very quiet.
1: You're right. Yes. Uh, And they're going to put fans in the stadium with their testing
0: things. That that new Chase Arena thing. So, yep. It's going to be, you know, I I
1: think we've seen some fireworks, Gerald, but I think that uh, there's a lot more fireworks to come in the next few days.
0: I certainly hope so, my friend, because not only do you have the draft tomorrow, and I'm going to have on some great guests. I've have a Mike Weisenberg scheduled to join me tomorrow. Plus we're going to do a draft recap show. I think we may, I'm going to do it on the Facebook channels for Lakers fast break, and I'm gonna do it all over as far as Facebook live. I think, and I'm told, uh, Raphael Barlow from NBA draft junkies, this, that I think I'm going to go ahead for YouTube. Uh, I'm, he's got a lot more subscribers, so the look for the NBA Draft Junkies. I'm going to go ahead and ask him to do uh, on his uh, – I'm sure he'll want to do it anyways. Yeah, because he's got a lot more subscribers for his YouTube. That's, it's a shame that the Lakers yes. don't have a pick. But I I'd will, love
1: to hear Raphael's input on that.
0: But I'm going to be going ahead and see doing a split screen for Facebook Live uh, viewers out there on the Lakers Fast Break channels on Facebook. Uh, so look out for that. But before we head on out, my friend Mar- Marinovich – gosh – one of my favorite players in the league. And I can't even say his last name for a second. Marinovich Dehan, Uh Go ahead and went ahead and just offered these two. One is very realistic uh, and is probably going to happen. I'm thinking my estimation. One, I would love to happen, but I don't think it will because he's going to price himself out because he's had a really great playoffs. First of all, let's do the let's do this real quick. Wesley Matthews, I think that's a pretty good deal that you had talked about on the Lakers Championship Roundtable Part 4 as being quite the possibility and quite the probability that it will end up happening. Yeah, I think the, uh,
1: I'm hoping that we've had talks with him. You know, I think everybody's been tampering. So, I'm hoping we've had talks with him and he's eager to join. Tampering? What's that? The expectation has always been that he's going to be affordable. So if he could, you know, I mean, I could see an ideal situation and it's one of the things I'm working on an article right now for lakerholics.com that basically is talking about the shooting guard and center duos that we could add to solve our current situation and fill out our five starting lineup. Um, One of those duos would be uh, splitting the MLE between Aaron Baines and, uh, and Wesley Matthews. Um, I think they they would be uh, the perfect combination to come in there uh, and if we did that we wouldn't have to uh, we wouldn't have to move uh, Callable Pope we'd be able to keep him um, and so I think that there's some you know we we that's one of the backup moves that I think is a good thing so Wesley Matthews uh, I heard one rumor that he wanted the full uh, 9.3 million dollar MLE and that, and that seems a lot jumping yeah. from a 2.7 minimum contract coming off of, uh, off the Achilles, but he did, he was coming off the Achilles. That's why he signed that contract. Yeah. So, so, but, uh, I definitely think Wes uh, would, Wes would, the thing that he can do is he can guard the guys that green guarded. Yes. He could do a better job, frankly, guarding the bigger wings that Danny green couldn't stay in front of Wes can stay in front of them and, and, and he's good at getting his body into them when they shoot and, in contesting the shot, so you talked about Kawhi
0: and George. In, he's probably it. our most realistic, is probably our
1: most realistic addition to fill the shooting guard spot.
0: Yeah, you guys, you talked about Kawhi and uh, Paul George as being the ones that he would be most effective against. I agree yep. with you, uh, and he does have a little bit more consistent shot at this point in time than Danny Green does. Uh, unless yep. Danny Green finds it again, wherever else he's going to be playing, whether it's OKC or whether he uh, gets Danny traded, was probably
1: hurt. Danny was hurt during the playoffs. I yeah, think yeah,
0: he was. But and then he, but I'm sure he'll land on a contender. Most likely, his contract will be bought out yeah, at some point in time.
1: Probably is what I think is going to happen. Yeah,
0: probably, uh, and then maybe Rondo too. On top of that, but I want to get to uh, Marinovich DeHans last mm-hmm. in- individual. Jeremy Grant. I would love to see him on the Lakers, but I think he's really going to price himself off the market for, for if we team. only
1: knew, if we only knew what LeBron whispered into his ear yeah. after the celebration for the Western conference Finals. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I would love to have Jeremy Grant because you can see the versatility yeah. and all the things he brings, uh, you know, he, that playoff series against Denver was not a fluke. It's not a fluke. Right. He has been the solid of a player developing a player at OKC and now Denver, I really think that Denver, it's in their best interest to re-sign him and overpay to re-sign him yep. because there's going to be a lot of teams out there wanting his services. Yeah. i If he were a
1: shooting guard, I would say go after him. But the problem, he's not a shooting guard or a center. Uh, and that, that really reduces the, you know, you, you don't want to use the few assets that we have left. There, uh, I, I, I disagree with
0: you, just because he matches up well uh, against Kawhi. And now, is he Kawhi yeah. stopper? There is no Kawhi stopper. can right. he slow no, him down? He's, you're right. He's,
1: he can do. He it comes down to where you know. And and listen, frankly, I could see Frank Vogel siding with you, Gerald, because uh, he could be the big defender that we lack against those guys equal-sized defender. Just
0: imagine um, if LeBron doesn't have to play yeah. those guys and Jeremy Grant does. Just imagine. I just, Arthur, I just what am that focused does.
1: on more that we need to solve the shooting guard and the center problems. I mean, that's the same way I feel about Gallo. Gallo uh, is not a bad defender, but he's not a great defender. But he's an elite offensive player, and if, if he was willing to sign for the nine point three million dollar MLE, uh, you could argue him against almost anybody else for that that same position of how we could transform the Lakers. But Jer-
0: Jeremy um, Grant, I would say just because he's younger would probably yeah. be a little bit better fit for me just because he, and also pros-
1: long term. I agree with you there that anytime that we, it's like, that's one of the things that's so wonderful about the Schroeder deal. Um, if you can get a guy who's also going to be there when LeBron's gone, that makes the Lakers so much better.
0: And we mentioned um, him real quick. Uh, George Hill. He might not be available for trade for the Lakers, but if he stays on New Orleans and New Orleans doesn't have the season that they want, plus there's three point guards right oh now my God. well hold on hold How many on, guards? hold on How many guards
1: me, do they have now
0: they have three point guards right now listed, which doesn't make alonso's d- uh right. days any easier, but I will waived. say w- he'll be either be waived or at least bought out if he isn't traded sooner, so if he's right. bought out and his contract is bought out. That's a key right there because he did shoot 46% uh, from three-point area. That could be the something problem, right The only problem with the buyouts
1: and, and the waves, uh, before everybody was talking about how the Lakers were the only place, well, now the Bucks have got like five or six slots that they're going to have to fill with that too. So, you know, it, there's going to be a lot more competition for those guys than, than we might have thought at the start of the season. Well, I'll tell you what, A my Good suggestion from the listeners.
0: Yeah. The, you know what? You guys have been great out there. Listeners like uh, Georgie Maine, uh, Marinovich, De uh Expectations Media Company, uh, you know, Georgie Maine, like I said, my holy king. And I tell you what, I have just ultimate respect for you guys. for going ahead and listening and watching us. Just wanted to shoot off about all the NBA trade flurry. And we didn't expect all these great comments. So that's just like, it's like you have the Sunday. And you have all the nuts and the cherry on top. We, you know, that makes it even much better. They, which you guys go ahead and, and telling us uh, your thoughts and your comments. You guys, great suggestions. Uh, just awesome fits all the way around. Could the Lakers get any of those players? We'll wait and see. But I'm hoping for some great action. Because there has to be a lot more action to come. Because we've got, again, free agency on Friday and the tr- draft on Wednesday. I'm going to have a lot more interviews to come here in the next few days. I'm going to be overloading everyone on our podcast channel. So reach out to us, Lakers Fast Break, wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can go ahead and keep on checking us out right here on YouTube. Also Facebook and Facebook Live. Want to go ahead and check us out there, Lakers Fast Break. I'm at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. Also as well, Laker Tom, at Laker Tom on Twitter, Check out all the hundreds and hundreds of articles this man does on his medium.com or his Lakerholics.com page. Lakerholics.com, if you're a Lakers fan, it's the best place to go. You go ahead and interact with other great Lakers fans. There's great articles always being done by Laker Tom. There's stuff done by me, Rafael Barlow, throws in stuff there. Also as well, Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man. And of course, Jamie Sweet with his five great things at Lakerholics.com. So I got, I really hope you guys get a chance to check that out. Lakerholics.com, but Laker, Tom, any last thoughts on the way out?
1: Uh, I think we've pretty well covered it, Gerald. Uh, You know, it's, uh, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, We may have, there may be so much action that we have to come back on Friday and uh, and do another podcast, but uh, it's been, it's been a great time here at Laker Lakers fast break um, I invite uh, all of those people who are watching the show and uh, listening to the show to, to stop by, sign up, and become a member at, uh, uh, at Lakers doc, lakerholics.com. Um, you'll enjoy the conversation. Everybody is treated with great respect. And uh, uh, the type of comments that we heard uh, today from the listeners are exactly the types of things that we're always talking about every single day at Lakers, lakerholics.com.
0: And if you want to hear us as far as either on the air screaming at each other or you want to go ahead and see us in writing, we're a lot crazier. We've we've actually been on our best behavior here for today's show. But if you want to see that type of first take back and forth sometimes, because Laker Tom does have his trades that are eye-opening, to say the least, at some point in time. It's a lot of fun, though. It does get heated from time to time. But also, we do respect everybody else's opinion out there. Uh, and it, they go ahead and comment freely on it. It's LakerHolics.com. Again, Lakers Fast Break. Wherever you get your podcasts, I go. I'm going ahead and, like I said, I'm going to produce a ton of audio interviews. I just had Mike Lenoir, NBA draft hopeful. His that's already up on the Lakers Fast Break channel. Our Lakers Fast Break, Lakers Roundtable Part Four is already up. Raphael Barlow for NBA Draft Junkies, NBA Draft Preview that's already up. We've had a Lakers Retrospective Part One that's also on there as well that I think I, I really did a great job on. I, I'm not saying that as far as, it was something that I really worked a lot on. Like, the, like a best hits yeah, version
1: of, yeah. and, of Lakers and, path break.
0: Yeah. And, and if you really get a chance, it's part one covering the Lakers championship season. So I hope you get a chance to listen to this as well, but I'll tell you what my props goes out to everybody who took the time to watch us and listen to us today. Thank you so much. We've had so many great compliments, Georgie, Dehan. You guys are great. Expectations Media Company, you're awesome. Thank you so much for everybody who watched, everybody, My Holy King, everybody who watched, everybody who listened, everybody who subscribed to our channel. We truly appreciate it. And we'll see you very soon. Again, I've got interviews all this week coming up right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.